Judges chapter 5. I just want to read verses 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Um, for a few moments, I just want you to know that it is time for us to make sure that we steward our time. Make sure that we steward our time. You may be seated. I don't have a sermon as much as I have just some instructions. Um, my grandmother uh, is, is transitioning to be with the Lord. Uh, and on the day before Thanksgiving, uh, we got word from the doctor that if she would make it through the weekend, um, that she probably would have within the next 30 days. And so, uh, of course, uh, if that would weigh on anybody, <laughs> uh, it, it has weighed on me. And so in talking with my aunt and uh, hearing, you know, all of that, preparing for Thanksgiving, um, we met on yesterday, uh, and or actually as I was en route to meet with her, uh, I received uh, a call from my God sister uh, letting me know that her mother had passed, and uh, her mother being someone who was, was deeply close to me, uh, deeply close to my mother. Uh, it, it, it took me. And so while we're planning uh, in regard to my grandmother uh, getting the word of uh, getting the word of her passing, uh, what I did not expect, what I did not expect was what was getting ready to happen next. Uh, what happened next was that I was bombarded with a barrage of text and some calls from people from different spaces within our tribe. And as I'm going into, into this planning lunch, I'm arrested by the word of the Holy Spirit. And the, and the Holy Spirit uh, says to me that while you may be grieving uh, this individual's passing, I need you to know that now that she's gone, the spirit of helps that she operated in is getting ready to be released among the people that she was a part of. And so I'm sure many of you uh, received the, uh, or seen, you know, uh, if you didn't get a phone call from somebody directly or a text message uh, or seen a, face, a Facebook post, you know that one of our beloved sisters, Sister Denise Cornelius, uh, passed away yesterday. 
And while it may be heavy on us, I felt it important to share with this, and it is not just, you know, a Sunday as usual. Um, but the Holy Spirit began to arrest me and say, listen, I need you to talk to my people about this. Keep saying what you're going to say, but I need you to talk to them about this. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that unless a seed goes into the ground and dies and is buried, it does not bring forth fruit. Um, I didn't know how many people Denise touched. I didn't know the varying of, of her connections, uh, only to find, you know, or to hear, hear the Holy Spirit make clear to me, even through the testimony of others, that she had a, uh, she had a spirit of helps. And so what I want, the first thing I want to do is I, I want to just, I want us to all embrace the reality that uh, the spirit of helps is being released in our church, in our midst, among our people. So that now it's not just something that, that she had and that was in her heart, but now it's something that's being released to, to a multitude of us. Amen? Amen. And so I want you to begin to pray in your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in, as it relates to what's next for you. Uh, every time uh, a, a person is removed from us, especially by the hand of God, we have to ask ourselves, where does that leave us? Um, cry, mourn, do, do whatever you, you feel you need to do, but I need you to understand that God doesn't owe us anything. That if he, if he allowed somebody to live among you and he blessed them to be a blessing to you, then now your heart is, now how can I continue after them? So we will, we will cry together. We will hold one another. Uh, we will be there for one another. And uh, we will, we will uh, serve the family and honor her memory. Uh, but we will seek Holy Spirit to ask us, what does that mean for us now? How do I help somebody? How, how do I, and, and I, I think my wife and I were commenting on, on this last night, um, how do I take correction and still stay? Uh, she was among a class of many people who decided to leave. She was among a class of many people who uh, could have made a different choice about where they would worship, where they would serve. But she remained and she stayed. And I will always honor that. At the time of my birth, when many people had shunned my mother, uh, she was one who was with her. She was one who was with her. And uh, one who seen me from even, you know, my gestation to my birth to, to now my, my, my present state of maturity and who loved me but honored me. And I appreciate that. And I thank God for that. So we have to ask yourself, where, where do I find my place now, God? The scripture that I share with you and where we are right now, uh, Paul starts by saying, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. When he says walk, he's talking about lifestyle. 
So I'm, I'm going to challenge every one of you to look at the way you live. I wish I could tell everybody, man, you got 20 more. You got 50 more years. You know. But I don't know. I, I haven't been given that word. And so the first thing I need you to understand is that you have to mind your lifestyle. You've got to. You've got to live. Live ready to die. Ask yourself this. If it wasn't Nisi, but it was you, what would the commentary be on Sunday when the family got together? I'm not talking about, the, you know, the immediate family. I'm talking about the church family even. You know, what, 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 what would be said about you? <laughs> the last time Nisi and I engaged, uh, she was here serving uh, sister, uh, sister Lisa and her family and the passing of her grandmother and, uh, you know, driving uh, Minister Glenda and Sister Tiny and Egypt and Imla. And uh, she was, you know, um, telling me how she was going to come to my house on Thanksgiving. She didn't ask. Uh, you know, Nisi. She's going to come to my house on Thanksgiving, and somebody better make potato salad. I don't know what's. <laughs> and we did ask you to have the potato salad, so it was there. Amen. Um, figure out how to walk with wisdom. Figure out how to walk with wisdom. And then in verse 16, he says, redeem the time, for the days are evil. Redeem the time, for the days of evil. Uh, we, know, we know Auntie Maxine made that famous this, this year, right? <laughs> Reclaiming my time. And all she was doing in that Senate hearing was just petitioning the chairman of the hearing to give her time back that somebody else took because they were arguing with her. Don't waste the time you have left arguing. I don't, uh, in, in our house, uh, I'm sure we have this, the same amount of tension in our house that you probably have at yours. <laughs> um, but there's a way to handle the tension. Um, without allowing the tension and the argument to take authority over the home. So what I'm challenging you to do is to find a way, find a way to express yourself in a spirit of love 
so that whatever you have to say, and here's the reality, you're not always going to have to say good stuff. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be heavy. But find a way to express whatever you need to say in a spirit of love so you don't waste time arguing about the emotions in which you said it or you did it. Rather than giving your attention to dealing with the matter at hand. Am I the only one that's ever seen that in families? Like we have to, we have to spend time dealing with the emotion and the attitude behind the action. And, and watch this. The majority of the time, we can, we can settle the action in, in a few sentences. Because ultimately, it's like, okay, I apologize. Well, that's all you had to say. You know what I mean? And then, it, and then it's like, that's it. And that, and that you know, <laughs> y'all get the live stream from last week. I promise I, I did a great sermon. I did a real great sermon last week. Get that one. So redeem the time. Redeem the time. Don't waste time arguing about emotion. Deal with the issue. Take time to deal with the issue. Because when you get to, when you get to these spaces, like when I, got to, when I got to Torrance Memorial yesterday, like I didn't, I didn't care how loud Nisi was at times. That didn't matter anymore. It didn't matter about, you know, the arguments that she and my mom had, and now they, they was best friends, now they not best friends, now they are best friends, you know, like all of that back and forth stuff, like, girl, y'all been together like 50 years, like you're not going nowhere, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not going to change, I mean, you know, be mad, you know, you know, you can't say that to your mama, you know. It didn't matter anymore. So you have to redeem the time. You have to redeem the time. Redeem the time. I'm going to give you back some time this morning. Uh, yeah, I am. And ask yourself, what are you going to do with it? You have time to fix some stuff before you go into a new week. You have time to find a table and some bread, some wine, and <laughs> did you hear that? I said wine. All right. I don't even know where. <laughs> I love my church. I love, this is my tribe for real. Come on. All right, Stella, come on. Like, God, got some left from Thanksgiving. Thank you. See, I, that's why I ain't got my notes, because you can't put that in the notes. <laughs> and sit down before you get into the new week and sup together. Jesus says in, in Revelation, if any man hear my voice and harden not their heart, I'll come in. And if that principle is good for Jesus, it's good for your husband, it's good for your wife, it's good for your mother and your father, it's good for your son and your daughter, it's good for your siblings. If, if I decide not to harden my heart, we can fix whatever needs to be fixed. 
I command you as your spiritual leader, as your, you know, put my ring on, as your bishop. I command you to go home today and fix it. I command you to seek grace for your marriage. I command you to seek grace for your family, for the different spheres of influence that you have. Do not leave out of November the same way you entered it. He tells us to redeem the time because the days are evil. Here's this in a nutshell. There's two, there's two concepts that he's talking about. There's chronos, which is sanctioned by seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, centuries, millenniums. And then there's kairos, which is governed by opportunity, destiny, and eternity. He says, if you let your life be led by chronos, the only good that will come of your life is evil. Because we'll either say, I don't have enough time, and we won't do it. Or we'll say, I got time, and we'll do something else. He says, I need you to govern your life. I know you got nice watches. Some of y'all got your Apple watches on. Mine is at the crib. You got your Rolexes. You got your, you know, I ain't got there yet. I got my rotary. My wife bought it for me, though. She bought it for me at the outlet. So he's coming back from uh, San. Anyway, <laughs> it's another story. It's another story. Our best friends were with us, you know, we just at their shop. Anyway, here's the thing. This cannot rule your life. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes that if you look at the time or if you look at the clouds, if you look at the seasons, if you look at the weather, you'll decide not to sow. And some of us have decided not to do something because we feel like we don't have enough time or we got too much time only to find out when we don't do it that we had enough time to do it. Or, or, or when we miss doing it, we understand that we didn't have as much time as we thought. But if we govern ourselves according to Kairos, not Kronos, this is Kronos, but if we govern ourselves according to Kairos, which is God time, God time is measured by opportunities. Destiny and eternity. I'm believing God that before this day is over, he's going to give you an opportunity to come face to face with something you've been running away from. That's the spirit of prophecy. I declare by the name of Jesus that God is going to create a divine opportunity. Joseph wasn't looking for his brothers. The brothers wasn't looking for Joseph. 
But famine became the opportunity for them to reconcile years of family dysfunction. I'm praying that God creates an opportunity and you have to take advantage of the opportunity. What time should I do it when he gives you the opportunity? When? This week? Next week? Tomorrow? When, when he gives you you know, I, you know, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be that weird prophet that says, well, I declare in the name of Jesus, you know. When it's going to happen, I'm declaring he's he going to give you an opportunity. There's going to be a space to say what needs to be said. And you, you would have already heard this instruction. So your emotions do not overtake you. And the enemy does not get the glory out of that space. Because your Christmas is going to be awesome. And it don't matter if they live on or if they die tomorrow. You won't have to lay over their casket in remorse. Because you did what needed to be done. You said what needed to be said. Destiny. Destiny. You got to understand that even if you piss me off, even if I piss you off, if our destinies are intertwined with one another, I can't cut you off without disconnecting myself from my own destiny. So if I dismiss you, then I have decided my destiny is not worth fighting for. And that's true for every manner of relationship, every space you're in. If God put them in your life, they put them in there to help you reach your destiny. And so if, they're, if, they are, if you are at odds with them, well, then that means that you're at odds with your destiny. And here's what the enemy would prefer. The enemy will prefer that you allow those odds to separate you. Because then God can't get glory out of neither one of your lives. And the kingdom of darkness is advanced. And so now we have to look at our marital discord. We have to look at our relational discord. We have to look at our, 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 our community discord as spiritual warfare. And not just the issue that we have it. The days are evil. And so we have to know that our destinies are intertwined. And so I'm going to fight for my destiny. And I fight for my des destiny by fighting for our relationship. I fight for my destiny by fighting for our communication. Fighting for our oneness. Fighting, fighting that, that, that we can live the life that God has called us to live. You will have to fight, my brother. You will have to fight, my sister, but I promise you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the fight is worth it. The fight is worth it. And not only is the fight worth it, can I prophesy over you one more time? You're already destined to win. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
wasn't saying that for applause. I was saying that for it to lodge in your spirit so that when the conversation arises, so that when the tension mounts, you don't give way to the feeling, but you hold up the fact. And the fact is, no matter how I feel, there is a destiny that God hasn't designed for me, and I'm not going to let my destiny die here. Eternity. Ultimately, God has designed us to live with him in eternity. And so, if no other relationship or if no other commitment made sense in your life, the one that you make to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior needs to always take precedence. How you live, how you walk, how, how you express your life to him. We're not asking you to do church. We're not asking you to go all in just so that we can meet a quota. The ultimate goal is for you to contextualize your mortal life with your eternal existence. We don't just die and go to heaven. Your eternal life with Jesus has already started. And if you look at your life through the lenses of eternity, you will not be jaded by the present situation because you begin to boast in that which our forefathers boast in. And this too, who shall pass? Be whatever you got to be right now. I already know that there is an eternity waiting for me. So I don't grieve death. I don't worry about death because I know that if this temple and this body would forsake me, there is a home in the heavenlies not made by hand. And when I close my eyes on this side, thank you. God, I'm going to open my eyes on the other side. I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see my granddaddy. I'm going to see Nisi. And I'm going to see everybody else that went before me because we're all going toward eternity. Now grab somebody very close. I'm not saying that what you feel is not real. I'm just telling you it's not eternal. <laughs> I'm not telling you that, that what they did to you didn't hurt. I'm just telling you that there's already healing built into it. Ah, oh, See, this is why your marriage got to be in Jesus. Because if your marriage is in Jesus, he will attach healing to every hurt that they ever give you. And this is why he has to be in the covenant. Because he becomes the bond that keeps you two together beyond what you two do to each other. And this is why the home that's built on Christ doesn't fall. So, Father... We have hearts that bleed, but it is only an indication of our humanity. And still, even in this, we can rejoice, which is an indication of your spirit in us.
And so, Father, we pray now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would grant us all needful grace to walk circumspectly, to walk wisely, that we would, that we would consider our lifestyle, that we would consider the way we live and, and the way we talk and what we do, and we would understand that it is imperative of us to redeem the time for the days are evil. So God, allow us not to be governed by seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, but Father God, allow us to be governed by opportunities, destiny, and eternity. So Father, we pray for the person that we're holding. God, whatever has been between us, break it. Give us a mind to see each other in light of our destinies. Give us the opportunity to see each other in light of our eternity. And so heal us, God. Fix we broke. Change what we rearranged. Clean up what we messed up. Resurrect what we killed. <laughs> oh God, put back together what we broke. And let your grace govern our lives. And so we thank you now for the opportunity. And we seize it, and it is so. In Jesus' name, amen.